Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The guys talk all-star weekend, college hoops, fix the NFL, and pay for their looks. And they also play a game with me. This week on Just Press Play. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Hey, well, he's got to have one. He's about to win the MVP. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Steph Curry remade with worse hair. <laughs> it's not an unnecessary roughness. It was a completely necessary roughness. <laughs> <laughs> the, man, the man rushed for 170 yards is what he got credit for, but he, he walked and ran a total of like 300 yards. <laughs> and another week, another episode of the Just Press Play Pod. We got the same people here as always. You got me, Kevin, and Dad, Lifford Luthringer, and LJ Luthringer. We're all here, and I don't know if how much y'all watch, but it's it's All Star Weekend right now, so it's a break sure. in sports. There's really it's kind of a dead time with football's over. There's there people are trying to bring up baseball. There's a little bit of NASCAR, and then NBA's taking their break. So the only thing to watch sports wise right now is basketball, college, and NBA. So we'll start with NBA. What did y'all did y'all okay. what did y'all take away from? Is there any big takeaway you had from three point shootout or dunk contest or celebrity game for that matter? I'll, I forgot the three point shootout existed, so I didn't watch anything about that. <laughs> and that's a bummer because that's always my favorite thing. Really, that's shocking that 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 would be your favorite. Uh, actually, to me, always the three point shootout ends up being not as good as I think it's going to be because just the the, it doesn't really get me on. It never really gets you on the edge of your seat at all. Yeah. But I will say, being someone when I when I do play basketball or did, I'm more of a shooter than anything else. Probably because I lack athleticism. It's not necessarily because my shots <laughs> like amazing. It's just that your vertical leap is. Uh, I just uh, the, you're an earth creature. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just working with the genes that I was dealt from dad here. And <laughs> <laughs> And since he didn't, since he didn't give me that, since he didn't go in there and give me the height when he could have done some DNA stuff, changed my yeah. DNA strand, did a Cas9 so, CRISPR. But. but to see, I, I love seeing just a pure stroke, like with Clay Thompson yeah. is the first person. He didn't win last night. It was it was Eric Gordon who no, I'm sorry, Eric Gordon won last year, and Devin Booker won with Devin a, Booker with a 28 out of 30. He broke the record, which is insane. Yeah. But I hate that I missed that. Clay Thompson. I watched the clip of it. He's got it. He's got a good. Oh, he does. He scored he does. seventy points in a game last year. He's just a scorer. You know why he? I think in the three point contest, it's important a guy that you don't want to shoot a, a set shot, but if you're a jump shooter, it hurts you because you're gonna run out of gas by the end of the three point shot. And yeah. so, what I watched a clip of Devin Booker 
I mean, he jumps a little, but it's it's not a big jump. It's a well that and he gets rid of the ball fast. That's what makes him just as a player. He's really good at that. But also, that dude can flat out score. Like, give him the ball, get out of his way. He he put up seventy points last year in a game. So I mean, the dude can score. That's too many points. Where is he a rookie? He's uh, I think third year. He's out of Kentucky. He actually Kentucky. He wasn't actually that. He didn't do it. He was on. I believe he was on the. I want to say he was on the Anthony Davis team. Might not have been. He might have been on the 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 Harrison Twins teams. But that you know, some of those Kentucky teams are just so stacked. They didn't have to give him do much. And he got picked thirteenth. And he's probably if they redrafted that 2015 draft class, he'd be a top three pick, top two maybe. I mean, he was good. Oh, I'm sorry. He was on the Carl Anthony Towns team. He was with that group. And Duke can score. But I just, to get back, Clay Thompson, just the way he shoots the ball, to me, I was going to ask you, Dad, since you've watched more NBA than I have, who's the best three-point shooter that you've ever watched play? Well, I looked up some stats on three-point shooters, and I'm gonna tell, I got a few pulled up. I'm going to tell you the guy that I think was the best clutch three-point shooter, and he. You're just going clutch. You're just going clutch three-point shooter. Well, and there is a difference. There is a difference between okay. best three-point. I think if Stephon Curry would have been in the three-point contest, he probably wins it. I mean, I think he is an amazing. But anyway, Larry Birch, I'm going to pull out. I think probably people would okay. know I would pull him out. But sure. but Larry Bird shot 649 three pointers in his career. I think it was in a his career? year career. Wow, that's it. Year he career. shot or he connected with? No, hit. He hit 649. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say, there's no way he shot that many. So, okay. but but what's interesting? So his shooting percentage was 37.6. That's that's a good shooting percentage. I mean, y'all yeah. know who number you know who number one is on that list. On um, percentage wise, uh, just total three points. Who's the who's the leader? The oh yeah, leader. I know. So Ray, Ray Allen, Allen. Uh, career. It's, it's Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. He Ray Allen Reg- beat Reggie Miller. Reggie's too, but Ray Allen was a forty percent three three point shooter. Here, here, a few things stuck out. I want to tell you. This shocked me completely. Number three on the list. The oh, jet, it's, it blew Jason my mind. Terry, my boy, that, Jason Terry blew my mind. The Jet is on the runway. Shout the out to the 2011 the championship. Three in the NBA. Now, he won't be at the end because obviously Stephon Curry is seven and he's going to eclipse Ooh, there's, that. Yeah, there's some Curry guy that apparently is good at shooting threes. Plays a little basketball. Well, and by the way, he shoots a 43.6 clip. You know, okay, one last thing I got, and we can talk about this for a while. Do you know who's got the title for the most proficient three-point shooter of all time? No. Uh, well, is there? There's got to be like a minimum of so many shots. Like, are you just saying like, what if there's a guy that hit one three? No, no, no. This guy shot many, and he was the best three point percentage shooter in the NBA. Is he retired? Yep. Uh, He's prominent. Um, He's a coach. Steve Kerr. Steve, Steve Kerr. Kerr. Okay. Forty five point four percent from three point range. Is that nuts? That's a huge number. Wow. And so isn't that? Really cool that he's on that team with Clay Thompson. I mean, he's coaching Clay Thompson and Stephon Curry, and he's like, "Let it fly, guys! Love Let it. it fly!" What What's nuts to me since since we've gotten down this road a little bit? So Reggie Miller, Ray Allen's one at he's got just a little under three thousand total 3, three pointers yeah. made. Reggie Miller's two with a little over twenty five hundred three pointers mm-hmm. made. Steph Curry is seven. 
with just over 2,000 three-pointers made. And let's just just to look at how many total games. Ray Allen played 1,300 games. Wow. Steph Curry has played 617 games. <laughs> Less than half. So I thought, that is insane. So I started looking at them. Steph Curry just shoots way more than them. On made three-pointers a game, Ray Allen made 2.3 per game in their career. Reggie Miller made 1.8 per game. Mm. Steph Curry makes 3.4 per game. So, I mean, he just... He shoots more, but as as Dad mentioned earlier, he's hitting them at a high mark. Yeah. He might shoot 10 a game, but he makes four to five of them. Well, let me tell you this, Kevin. On this list I'm looking at, there are not many players over 40%. One of the others that's over 40% is Stefan's teammate, Clay Thompson, who you just mentioned at 42.3. I wanted to I wanted to tell you, I, you, may have, you may know this, Dad. I'm not sure. I, I doubt LJ does, but last year – this is why I say Clay Thompson to me, just shooter. I'm not saying he'll create his own shot or he's clutch like Larry Bird. I'm just saying just a shooter. Last year, Clay Thompson scored 60 points in a game. He did this all without playing in the fourth quarter. If you look, that's not even what's impressive about it. What's impressive is he only held the ball total time the ball was in his hand for that entire game that he scored 60 points, 90 seconds. Yeah. He, he gets it and shoots. He gets it he and gets shoots. It and He's a shooter. <laughs> he had, let's see, he touched the ball 52 times total, which is less than the <laughs> amount of points he had. He only took 11 dribbles. He bounced Jesus. the ball 11 times and scored Jesus. 60 points. And just, just to get on the Warriors for just a second, so they have a guy that can do that. They also have that Curry guy we mentioned that might be pretty decent. And then... Kevin Durant might be a better shooter than both of them. I mean, potentially. Good lord! I mean, that, that, it's just crazy. It's just, the game's just different. What I really wish, I'm sure Reggie Miller, when he watches the game now, just thinking, man, if I yeah. could get into a league where I can shoot ten threes yeah. and the coach isn't mad at me, yeah, he would chomping at the bit. I mean, he came along a little too early, didn't he? Just a little too early. Man, it's just a, it's just a different game, and I mean, it makes sense though because. Forty percent from three is better than forty-five percent from two. I just, you know, I, I got to mention this. So the only I'm looking at the only other guy over forty percent. We said Ray Allen at forty. We said Stephon Curry at forty-three point six. Clay Thompson forty-two point three. Steve Kerr, the record holder at forty-five point four. Kyle Korver forty-three point one, and he's number four on the list. Wow. And he's still got some time left. I mean, Kyle Korver is a shooter. I mean, no yeah. doubt about it. He, he was shocking. Jason Kidd is on this list. Kevin, do you remember? That's I don't just remember. because he, was, he well, and that's the his career, man. When he first started, those Nets teams he early forever, on, I guess that's what it was. And he and his game evolved as he got older in his career. But at the, it was at kind the of beginning, a set shot, wasn't it? It was yeah. a set shot three he had when when he first started. Which I had to do more of this through highlights because I I got to see some of those Nets teams with him, Vince Carter, and uh, Rich Jefferson. See. People my age don't even realize Richard Jefferson was a dog on the court. Like he could jam on you, he could hit the three, score twenty a game. He was good. But those teams, kid really couldn't shoot. People backed off of him. And he evolved as he got older and got slower and lost some athleticism. He he developed a three point shot. I didn't realize he was that high on the list though, but yeah. 
Well, and he's right under Vince Carter, by the way. Vince Carter, who's still, of course, playing. Vince Carter's legit. Vince Carter's Hall of Fame, right? First battle. Oh, he's, I he's think March. The day he retires, it's however many days from then till the till he can be in the Hall of Fame because he's he's just he's great. I wanted he to get on. I don't know how much you watched of the dunk contest, and there's just everyone knows it. It's we overhype the dunk contest. Yep. We want it to be something. And you remember watching, Dad, when when it was Wilkins and Jordan. Like, what what's changed so much from th- now to then, in your eyes? Because yeah, I have an opinion, but I wanted to get your I perspective have an opinion too. All right. Well, my just uh, hadn't really put a lot of thought into this, but my opinion is you can only dunk so many True. ways. I guess it's just. I mean, jo- when Jordan and Wilkins were in it, that was fresh. It was new. I mean, they were sky. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Spud Webb put a little fun into it because he was so short and could hop. Um, there's just so many, you know, there's so many ways you can dunk. Um, yeah. I, I guess that's my base base feeling about it is why it's not so fun. I don't plan to watch it. I did watch some of the highlights today, and I do have an opinion on should who should have won, who didn't, uh, by the way. But uh, but I think that's why. You don't have the name people in it, and it's just there's just so many ways you can That's do probably a big thing, and I'll let you go. I just want to throw in, like you're saying, Dad, Jordan jumped from the free throw line and dunked. That was obviously blew everyone's mind. Now, if, if a guy were to go out there and just dunk, jump from the free throw line, we're like, really? Like, you didn't, yeah, you didn't, already you didn't put it behind, uh, your, behind your back, or you didn't go between the legs? Like, what? Zach Levine went between the legs from the free throw line. It scored 35 points if you just did Jordan's dunk. So, LJ, what do you think? What's what's the issue? I think I mean I I my thoughts reflect that a bit in that so to to do something special, you got to be creative. And so to be creative, you have people doing things like let me go dunk and I'm going to like bounce the ball off the rim from 3 inches away and then dunk it like there's a lot of things that Now, that Larry Nance dunk where me. he caught the ball and tapped it off the backboard and then dunked it, that was pretty Pretty impressive. I didn't feel but. like that did a lot to me. But also, the coolest dunk was probably the one where he put on his dad's uniform. I and, wanted to ask that about Larry Nance Sr. I think that was the coolest one because that's like both creative and throws back to like when the dunk contest was cool. And I don't know. It's I thought that was a good dunk. You almost have to it. throw some nostalgia in there. You can't just. You have to. Yeah. Yes. It's more than just athletic ability. All, every, all those guys have athletic ability. You've mm-hmm. got to throw something nostalgia and creativity in it, which I, I believe is what you're saying, LJ. Yeah. yeah. The other dunk that uh, surprised me, I think it scored a 50 also, was they, I don't know if they wheeled out. I just saw the highlights. So I don't know if they wheeled out another backboard or something like that where he did it was like, an off-the-glass yeah. alley-oop off of a smaller goal another or Another backboard. It was like, and that was Nance did it. No, was it? that was Donovan Mitchell. He started it out like that. Was that, that. Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. And okay. it was like, I don't know, it was... It was not clever. It had no like extra thought behind it. But besides, like let's bounce it off of something else, which everyone's done. Every did I get a fifty-two? I think it did. And that it was, just was that wasn't even that impressive to dunk. me. Yeah, me neither. It, the and, double kiss was was very impressive. But I, LJ said it wasn't that impressive to him. I think it probably is more impressive to someone that's that's it's really before. been into basketball, played a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well no, obviously no, not. No, it's, <laughs> On a Nerf hoop, maybe, Speaking of but, no you know. one talking right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you're probably right. Well, hey, I just, shout and, out to Bates Jib. I could dunk on a nine foot goal at one time. Well, yeah, Kenny, Smith, Kenny Smith even brought it up. He's like, anybody who's played at a gym where there's a wall right there, they've tried to do dunks like that. Like that's to me, that's not. I don't know. That wasn't that cool. Yeah. I get, I get the thought, but I thought he was going to maybe 
dunk twice, like real quick, back to back. I don't have no idea, but I, that was weak. I was unimpressed with that. And then I got a 50. I think what makes dunks cool at this point is like the the posterization of somebody like it's the domination moment it's not it's not like how cool your dunk was but it's like can you jump over somebody or make them back down or something well, like that and that's why like vince carter i mean not vince carter blake griffin in a game when he dunks all over somebody that i mean it blows yeah, your mind but then if he does that exact that same out of the dunk, chair if he does that like, same yeah. dunk with no one standing there it's you know he's athletic you know he jumps it what and that's what i wanted to bring up to dad is the dunks are better now than they were then. Like I was watching and I know I'm about to bring up some Jordan, so I don't want the whole Jordan army to come <laughs> after me here, but some of like Jordan's really good dunks. They were really good, but every single guy in the dunk contest now can do those same dunks even and jump higher. Even it's just like you're saying, if you do well, it again, dude, that's, that's Jimi Hendrix. So, I mean, Jimi Hendrix did things with a guitar that nobody True. had ever seen, heard, or could even believe in their wildest dreams. And now the guy that's been playing two years down the road can do some Jimi Hendrix stuff. So yeah. he You learned Purple Haze here too, yeah. Michael Jordan elevated it to a new level, and some people have taken it and gone from there like they did with Jimi Hendrix. I and, think mm-hmm. Jordan is a Jimi Hendrix. I, yeah. He's a paradigm well, shift. Jo- yeah, Jordan's just yeah. Jordan, dude. He's that's a good point. Doc J was before that. One of the best, you know, I mean, well, Doc J, that little just, I know the listeners can't see me, but <laughs> he just held that hand up and dunked on that guy. It was just, that was unbelievable. Doc was amazing. Speaking of speaking of uh, Dr. J, so they have him as a judge, but then the other judge, I love Chris Rock. think he's hilarious. Love Mark Wahlberg. think he's great. DJ Khaled even is funny to me. Why the hell are they judging dunks? I want Dr. J judging a dunk. I want Dominique. Yeah, I want the know? I want yeah. dunkers yeah. to judge a dunk. Just like if I'm if I'm having a music contest, like the best musician, I want the best musicians to judge them. Like I don't want what it's like. So you guys are talking about that that double tap dunk was really cool. You don't want someone like me judging it who doesn't have the same context as someone who can actually fly through the air like that. Yeah, I mean that's um, like having that's like having the the Devil's Kitchen guy judge comedians. Wow, that yeah. doesn't make it doesn't make any damn sense. Like, yeah, just I don't understand that. Well, and we got to give a shout out real quick. The, I think the best dunk in the whole dunk contest was Dennis Smith Jr. Thank you. I mean, gosh, I agree. I agree. That dunk was yeah. amazing, and and he didn't win. I don't know why. So Donovan Mitchell got a fifty for that week off the other backboard, and then Dennis Smith does what he did and got I think like a forty six or forty three yeah, or something. I, I was like, right. what? Wrong. He switched yeah. hands 360 between the legs. Come on. And he can't even palm the ball. He said later, and you saw, he can't palm the ball. So it's all, you know, momentum of the ball. And whole, I mean, that was an yeah. amazing. That's some Cirque du shit. That's, that's, yes, it is amazing. <laughs> and also the judges try so hard to get, to, to get the dunk contest back to where it was. Like, doesn't matter. I swear those guys could do just a random dunk and every single one's like, oh, yeah. They go, they go yeah. nuts no matter what happens. Yeah. Like, they just go crazy. I agree. Hey, can I, I just, give you a quick little fun fact on Dennis Smith yeah. Jr.? Please do. That's so, my, so my he, math. So. He tore – I mean, I've got to watch him play some. I've watched him just a little bit. You he he tore his ACL in high school as a junior and was dunking again in – there is some discrepancy. His dad said two weeks, but I think it's two months. But within Jesus. So let's say two months. Well, either way. Within two months. You know why? Jesus. The doctor actually went in there – he truly has an extra ligament in his leg. He really <laughs> does. 
He has wow. two ligaments in whichever one he tore his ACL. And so it didn't really stop him. I mean, he, his other one will heal, of course. But he has, what is it, five? There's two in each knee. And he has five total. So he has two in each knee Jeez. and a, another one in, in his whichever knee tore his ACL. My boy's got game. Dennis Smith is really good. He he's got good. game. And he's also got them good genes, apparently. <laughs> they, they found the right mutation for that one. Boy, no kidding. Two ligaments he, and, the, and the hops DNA. <laughs> he, uh, he was yeah. dunking. He was 14 when he first started dunking. And Jeez. he's not one of those guys that was like, you know, 14 and six foot four or something. He's not a tall well, dude. What? He's not even that tall now, right? He, I mean, he's tall. He's six three. But, he's yeah. six three. But that's like not absurd in NBA That's not numbers. absurdly tall. No. That's also why I don't, I don't want to get too deep in this because I know me and Dak can go on this. But I think <laughs> NBA is the best sport to watch because you don't realize how big those dudes are. when you, You're talking about live, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. If you're going live, yeah. me and dad got those seats when we saw the Suns play the Mavs and we were down there, not yes. courtside, but we were, we were really close. close. Closest we're we've ever been. Rows up, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It, we were close. And Steve Nash, who I want to get to later about <laughs> something else, but just Steve Nash, who's a guy you think of as a scrawny, small white boy, was broad shoulders, six, three. Like to us, he would be a big man. Yeah. And on the court, he's a little tiny. And we're just so used to seeing him from that bird's eye view. The NBA is the best sport to watch live. I don't think I don't think it's a question to me. And they're the best athletes, I think, overall. I mean, I know that's debatable, but they can run, they can jump, they have hand-eye coordination. I think the NBA player is is among the best athletes. Yeah, I think I, I've got debates for both of you, but but on both of those points, yeah, that's right near the cream of the crop. Oh, real quick, most clutch three-point shooter. I did have to mention this, and I know, Kevin, you're going to back me up. LJ, you might. Robert Ory. Robert, big shot, yeah. Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, my well, God, did he hit some big three points. I was shocked. Failure. So, I was shocked to hear you. Now, Larry Bird, clutch, yes. I don't, I'm not denying that whatsoever. But clutch three-pointers? Like, Reggie Miller, to me, is over Bird. I don't I – don't, what he did at the Knicks? I mean, the 30 for 30 where he told – Spike yeah, Lee to I, well, I don't want to. What he signals the Spike Lee that game. I was watching you really? that game. Oh my god! Yes. I would lose my shit if I got to watch that. It, it was, and I mean, Spike Lee's right there courtside being Spike Lee. You know, I like Spike Lee, but sometimes he's a little yeah. annoying. But he was being Spike Lee, and Reggie Miller was just setting him up and throwing him down. Man, uh, he was hell. He, he scored did. what nine points in eight seconds or something. Oh, I mean, it was unbelievable. And he's got that weird shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a beautiful shot, but it worked. That was yeah. so. Oh, I, I, real quick. I was Kobe's been doing a bunch of things where he's been talking just to media. And now that he's retired and he's doing. He's going to have a TV show or something soon because he's so fascinating to listen to. When he was, I think it was, he was saying in 02, I think, or 03. It was after they already won one championship. It was the offseason. He was down, he's obviously in his LA, and Reggie Miller was back at UCLA doing some camps. And Kobe wanted to play. This is how people like Kobe and Jordan are just wired differently. In the middle of the offseason, Kobe challenged Reggie Miller to one on one. He wanted to play him just mano a mano, one on one, because he said that Reggie Miller had a good team that year with the Pacers, and he thought, we could really see these guys in the playoffs and have some trouble. I want to know if we get down to fourth quarter, he's guarding me, what he's vulnerable at, what what I can, how I can score mm-hmm. on him, or how mm-hmm. he tries to score. And he said so he, he used – And they played each other in the finals that year, and he was like, we got an ISO situation, and I know what his go-to uh, move is because we got 
like that's mm-hmm. just they think differently than the normal human being. And that's what makes Kobe Kobe and Jordan Jordan. That's, that's an cool. interesting story. I like that. Yeah. If you see Kobe talking on TV, listen, because every time he opens his mouth, it's interesting. If it's about basketball, I don't know. He might. I don't know how interesting it is if he talks about other things. But we're talking some basketball here, and I wanted to get into a little college basketball because this is the time of year. I think this weekend or maybe last weekend, sometime around this area is where you start going, especially the people that really like March Madness. They start. You start realizing, wow, I don't know enough. I need to start really watching my hoops to figure out who I like for the tournament, who I don't. Because, I mean, everybody's filling out a bracket. And this year, I think we have the chance to have the best tournament in a long time. Because there's no there's no just one team that's really good or four teams really good. From one to, hell, 20, they're all yeah. Oh, yeah, near the same. Yeah. And so I think we have the the makings for a really good tournament. And obviously, the guy that's making heads turn is Trey Young over at Oklahoma. And I was just curious, what what's your thoughts on Trey Young, Dad? Well, I'm amazed by it because not only is he a shooter in the line of Stephon Curry. I mean, he can jack – you know, he's very quick release. Molded his, he's molded almost. his game completely from watching Steph Curry. And, and that's not a bad person <laughs> yeah, to mold no. after. No doubt. Um, but he's got a, such a quick release. But – he is an assist guy. I mean, if you're open, he will get you the ball. He set record for assist as well as points. I did look up something in high school on him, and I, you know, we talked about Pete Maravich in another one way back, way back in our deep archives of three previous episodes. <laughs> back in our deep archives, of three episodes ago, maybe two. Uh, but he averaged twenty five. He was twenty five points, five assists, four rebounds as a sophomore. He was thirty four points five assists as a junior and 42 he averaged 42 points a game his senior year. I did not realize. I mean that's I'm just he's he's Pete Maravich type numbers. That's crazy. It's crazy that you brought up that cuz I was I was looking at some of his high school stuff too and he really his assist numbers weren't like it is now. And I I I guess it's just a difference of playing with more talent. But he he got better every year, but I think his senior year he averaged like four four or five assists, and now he's averaging damn near ten. I don't know if he's nice. at he was at ten at yeah, one point, almost. but he's insane. And that's what's happening is these guys are one. I think this is why young players. I was talking to uh, Lane, one of my one of my friends, who's he coaches high school sports, and he sees this firsthand sometimes. Is Guys want to go play basketball because, you know, football has the whole thing with it's dangerous, whatever. But everyone thinks they can make it in basketball, and especially now more so than ever, I think, because before it was Michael Jordan, LeBron, I can't, I'm not that. I I will never be 6'8 and the most athletic person on the court. But when Steph Curry's doing what he's doing, he's skinny. He's not short, but he looks short. He's like 6'3, I think. I mean, so these guys think, well, I, I can be Steph Curry. And that's why I think Trey Young's just the start of it's a new it's a new era where these young guys are wanting to be Steph Curry and they're learning if I can get my shot off at any point and knock down thirty five to forty percent, yeah, then it's tough. And what makes Trey Young so good is he's really good at what I really like about him is he'll dribble in the lane. And I first noticed 
who really stood out to me doing this was Rondo, even though Rondo couldn't shoot, but he would dribble in the lane and he would never pick up his dribble or jump. He would just keep dribbling and he'll even dribble all the way back out. But so it's always alive and you always got to be looking. And Trey Young does that same thing. And I think that's why he's so dangerous as far as passing. And that's why I don't think the future Hall of Famer, Steve Nash, doesn't get enough credit for really Steph Curry's games molded after Steve Nash. Steve Nash didn't shoot like that, but yeah. they're the same players, really. They are. It's just, and, and that, that era, yeah. Steve Nash didn't shoot quite like Steph Curry can shoot now because, like we talked about earlier, you just weren't shooting nine threes a game. Steve Nash, by the way, was on several of the top three-point shooters of all time list because he had a good kind of set shot, three-point yeah. shot. You had to respect it. And yeah. He was good. If you got, if you were open, Steve Nash was getting you the ball. I would love to play with Steve Nash. That's a guy yeah. you want to play with. Steve Nash and, uh, and uh, Mark D'Antoni, when they were on the Phoenix Suns, when Stoudemire, or Mark Stoudemire first came up, they were just a year two or three years ahead of their time. I mean, they they are what the game is now. Yeah. Literally, that is what basketball is now. And I just don't think Steve Nash gets the credit that he deserves for how amazing that dude. He wasn't guarding everybody. He's not the best defender at all, but that dude was – as he had every – But he played offensive basketball. Oh, he had everything offensively. I mean, he could pass, shoot, he, and he was just great. And he was bigger and stronger than like I say when we saw that game. I mean, you wouldn't want to meet him in a back alley and piss him off. He was, he's a pretty good sized well, fella. All of a sudden, that, uh, that little bitty guy that had his nose bloodied up in the Spurs series, that, that's a 6'3 guy with wide shoulders. That's, that's not just a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing. Oh, an assist for Trey Young, Kevin. I did want to tell you this. So he had 22 in a game uh, in December of 17, tying a record, a single game record. He tied Sherman Douglas. You might remember him, but Never he tied another guy you'll remember, Avery Johnson. Really? Avery Johnson. Wow. From Alabama, right? Uh, he was at Southern. Yeah, but he, he's coaching at Alabama. But okay, yeah, he he's co- at his Southern. son's actually coach, playing under him now. But Is he? Okay. But I thought yeah. that was interesting. He had 22 assists in the game and tied Sherman Douglas, who's a guy my generation will oh, remember. Oh, Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. I love yeah, he had that voice. <laughs> And a guy, I should throw in Tony Fairley from Charleston Southern. I don't remember Tony Fairley, but 22 assists in a game. Uh, anyway, Trey Young. Trey Young's a, a legit player. I hope he stays at Oklahoma one more year, personally, but I there, doubt he will. Well, and that's what's funny is he's the talk of the town college basketball wise, but he, to NBA people, he's probably dra- getting drafted seven at the top, maybe, maybe down lower. There's just, they Why got is that. Uh, it's just, He's a little shorter, kind of, kind of skinny. He's skinny. There's just guys like I don't y'all. Probably, I don't know if y'all have seen him yet. There's Mo Bamba over at Texas. Not, yeah, but he's big. He's he's. I don't know, and I wanted to ask you this, Dad. He's a, he's probably six ten, maybe six eleven, but his wingspan is seven foot ten. Yes, and when Jesus. he did, they had him come do the post game press conference after they beat. Trey Young's Oklahoma team. I've got his wingspan is eight foot. I looked that up. He's got a eight foot wingspan. That might be right. They said seven ten when he came on that little post thing, but I don't know. But so he reached out on his ankle. He doesn't bend down at all. (laughs) They they were they were filming. So it was him, Dickie V, and Dan Schulman. Maybe I'm not sure who the other person was, but they brought him on to come talk to him. And after the game, and they said, "Hey, 
Mo, can you reach your arms out? We just want to show the the viewers how long his fingertips were off the screen. You couldn't see him. The camera couldn't get it. Couldn't pan it in. (laughs) And this guy's like, I was wondering. So Anthony Davis was like that. Carl Anthony Towns had long arms and, and Kevin Durant has long arms. Was it always, I feel like now more so than ever, these guys have long arms and they're just longer than they were. It's the hormones in the chicken, man. That's what it is. It's the hormones in the chicken. Is it an evolution thing? Like, are we just getting? I don't remember seeing guys with arms like that. Jeez. I mean, that's an eight foot wingspan. Jeez. Well, and so what happens, LJ, is those guys, and now everyone learns to shoot a little bit. These big guys learn to shoot a little bit. They're also seven foot. They can protect the rim. That guy's more important where Trey Young, if he can be Steph Curry, well, yeah, if you're if you're guaranteed it, they'll take him first overall. But the odds of him being Steph Curry or but a, you're taking, maybe a starting point guard. You're taking a 70% chance of being a Dirk over a 20% chance of being a Steph. Right? Yeah. That's it's the just, idea. It's, it's a higher ceiling, lower floor type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I know Mo Bamba is going to protect the rim. Yeah. Fair enough. It, and that makes maybe sense. he puts on weight. There's also a guy, you sh- y'all need to watch him, DeAndre Ayton. Over at Arizona, really, really good. Michigan God, State's got a couple he's, guys. He's seven one with a seven foot wingspan, so a full foot less than Mobile. And and he's wider. He's the number one pick to me. There's also a guy, Luka Doncic, from overseas. I, I, I always get skeptical about these overseas guys because you never know. But he's playing professional basketball, and he's he's getting a lot of comparisons to your boy Larry Bird. What does he play, Kev? He's a six. He's like six a small guy. forward. He's like six 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 seven. Plays Playing the forward. And in today's NBA, when it goes small ball, he'll play the four a little bit. He can shoot, dribble. He's got a little side like, like thickness to him. He can play. He's good. He's got. He's one of those. He'll go top three just because his his floor is really low. He's going to be productive regardless. He might not end up being bird, but he'll be a good player no matter what you feel like. And they got to change. Right. I just. I. I I hope they change. I don't know how they can, but the one and dones to me, I just don't like it. I would rather them just go straight out of high school or pay them. Well, if they stretch it, I saw there was some talk about stretching it to two and done. And if they do that, and I did read an article on this, uh, and I can't remember the guy's name, but I do think that'll hurt NCAA basketball because if you've got to play two years, the chances of getting hurt are yeah, double. go overseas. Uh, you, well, you're just, you're going to go overseas, or you're going to go to the NBA. You know, yeah. you're going to do something. I, you can't go two and done. I think if you're good enough to play out of high school, get them some good counseling, but let them go. If you're if you're that good, you ought to be able to play and make money at it. I if agree with you that 100. percent If someone's willing to pay you, then you should go get paid. I mean, that's just the if, if that's the what game. you want to do. You know, um, I would hope if like I was that great at basketball, I would. I love college basketball. It's my favorite sport on earth. I think I'd play it and try to get a, a good insurance policy on myself is what I would do. Cause I just think there's nothing like you'll never get the college experience again. That was, that Who's was paying on that insurance policy though. Like how does that work? Well, I'm just, if, if you have the financial wherewithal, if you're, you know, if your folks have some financial backing and they can get you that insurance policy that will pay you $10 million if you get injured which I don't know what that expense is. I don't know how much that costs. I bet it's not cheap. I bet it's not something yeah. most college athletes could even consider. Yeah, I don't know. But. I don't know what that the answer to that would be. I wish the one and done would. I would like to see more kids play longer in college basketball, but 
I get why they don't. I think I think I agree with Kevin. This might be a longer form discussion that we might need to hit at some point. But I mean, I think you pay the players and that's how you because if, if you're allowed to make money off of playing college basketball, then you're not as worried about making sure you get to get paid as quickly as you can and not get hurt in the meantime. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Well, and we can get it. Well, I, we got a new to- a next topic to get on to, but they, I think they already are getting paid in college and the FBI well. is about to shut that shit down, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, and joining us for a new game we're going to start playing is Hannah. Hannah, will you take it away? So we're going to play a game called Free Samples, which is you guys are going to guess what song used the clip I give to you first as a sample in their song or just blatantly ripped off the song because some of those are like that. Okay, so you're going to play... You're going to play a, a song, and we're going to have to tell you who sampled that original. You're going to play the original version, and we yes. tell you the song it was Yes, sampled. I'm going to play the original version, okay. and you tell me. You can either name the song or the artist of the song that used that as a sample. So, for example. Mm. I think I might be better going back. Okay. So, 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 for example, here's here's a song that someone used in a sample. So, okay. Now you tell me what song has used that in a sample. I know it. Yes. Do you, do you do you know it, Dad? Well, I know I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a quick a quick uh, explanation to the the viewers. It's going to be me and Dad viewers? against LJ. Yeah, the visual yeah, the podcast listeners. <laughs> listeners. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be so so. Me and Dad have a chance to answer it. Yes. And we can play it twice, and then we give it over to LJ, correct? Yes. You'll have 20 seconds to answer. And you get one okay. point for getting the song or the artist correct. And then if you can tell me the original song that the sample is from, like the orig- the first one I I have you listen to, then you get a bonus point. Okay, so can we play that first song again? Absolutely. All right, all right. I think I got it. I have no idea what the original version is, but is that that's Britney Spears' "Toxic," right? Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> yes. So that's your sample question. Kevin had already heard that one before. <laughs> that is true. Oh Cheater. wow! Okay, it's really good. I would have got it either way. I think, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's how the game works. Okay. okay. So now that we know, let's let's start it up. Ready? Okay, so here is your first one. Hmm. Do you have any clues? I think I know that okay. one. Okay, it sounds familiar, but I don't think I know it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh that's Patrice Russian forget me nots, isn't it? No? No, it is oh, not. Oh, but you're close. <laughs> you're close, yeah. Oh. <laughs> So do you know Dang. which song sampled this song though? Can you hear it? Well, I thought it was part of Men in Black, but I thought you did the the different well, ver- you know, the different portion of the song. Um Crap, Men in Black, you're close. Yeah. Men in Black is a close. Right, yeah. Don't give him too many hints. I got to give a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can we can we get one more go at it? Yeah, one more listen. Here you go. Yeah. 
getting jiggy with it. What was that? Getting jiggy with it. There you go. <laughs> getting jiggy uh, with it. Yes. Yeah. So, there we go. Yes. So here is. Yeah. So that was Will Smith's getting jiggy with it. But the original song, do you know the original song? Uh, can you play a little more of it? I bet I could get it if you played more. No, she can't oh, play more. Oh, I can't play more. Sheik. Is it Sheik? No. It's Sister Sledge. He's the greatest dancer. Oh, wow. Yeah, never would have gotten that. It's, Not even. Okay, was Nile Rogers involved in it? Nile Rogers was from Sheik. I might have get some bonus points for... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, it's just Look Sister Sledge. Uh, I think now Rogers had something to do with it, maybe. <laughs> I'll look it up for next time and okay. give you an extra Look it up, bonus give me a half point. a bonus I point. will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready for the next All right. one? I think we're ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm on edge. Ready. <laughs> It sounds familiar. I know what's missing, I feel like, is some like real deep voice and like almost a seductive like, oh, and here Ooh, we you're are. getting close. You're getting close with that. Um like oh Barry uh what's Barry Wyatt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a childish Gambino song, I think. Did he use it or no? No, he did not. No. Oh, that sounds like ten more seconds. I don't know it. Do I guess we'll I don't know it. Yeah. I think right. we gotta pass this one to LJ and I feel I feel like he knows it. LJ, do you have it? As long as I got my suit and tie. God, yes. it. Oh. Yep. Hey, it is. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, suit and tie, sampled that one. Do you know the original song? Probably no, not. No, I have okay. no idea. No, but I was digging it. I mean, it had a good groove to <laughs> it. It's a groove, man. That is a jam. It's uh, by Sly Slick Wicked, and it's called Show Nuff. Okay. Oh, really uh, yeah. J- JT has an ear for some good music. Yeah, that was a good yeah, one. Who was the artist? Who was the artist, Hannah? Um, the, original? Of the original one? Slice Like. Sly Slick Wicked. <laughs> Never heard of yeah. Slice Slick. Yeah. Yeah. I know that one. Okay. Right. Just know he can put out a banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, next. All righty. All right, here we go. I got it. It's not your turn yet. I know. <laughs> Just trying to be intimidating. Oh, I got it, got it, got it. You got it? Yeah, got it. Dad, you got to have this one. <laughs> I'm almost, I think I know it, but you say it. California, <laughs> you love knows yes. how to party. Absolutely. That's it, that's it. I didn't know that was a sample. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a jam. Yep. Can we say that they barely changed that, by the way? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's really like, that, that was like the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I kind of I didn't so, realize that was a sample too. That's what's crazy. All these a lot of these songs I didn't realize they're samples, and there's a lot. I didn't of know them. any of them were samples until recently. Yeah. Uh, All right, original artist. Uh, Joe Cocker, and it's called Woman to Woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Oh. Okay. Joe Cocker, yeah. man. Wow. Joe Cocker, shout out jam too. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Joe Cocker. Well, and Tupac, you know. Yeah, for sure, for R- sure. You know, yeah. R.P. If he's dead, we're not sure. We're not sure. <laughs> he and Elvis may be making sandwiches. <laughs> and so, so right now we have Kevin and Lift with two points, and LJ has one. I don't know about 
you two guys, but the other night I woke up and I was just having, I was itching all over and I didn't know what was going on with me. And I realized <laughs> I haven't got to watch a football game in a while. Yeah. And I'm just having withdrawals. Oh God. I was thinking something else. I'm glad it was that. I'm having a little, Force I'm Smith's having living. <laughs> Jeez. I'm having mm. some football withdrawals and I hear through the grapevine that LJ's got a way to fix at least one issue that we have in football. So, LJ, I'm, I'm just going to toss the ball over in your court and tell us what you got. All right. So, I think we should abolish the kickoff entirely. There should be no kickoff in football <laughs> whatsoever. I might just to hear this. Agree or disagree? <laughs> well, on that notion right there, disagree. It's, he's got it like back I disagree, when but I want to hear it. It's like back when you're at the yard and you, and you start at the mailbox. Like you start, you start at the mailbox on this side, you start at the tree on this side. It's just well. So, why, so why, tell tell us why. Well, first, I want to know why. Why is the kickoff a good thing? It's exciting as hell. Um. Name your favorite kickoff return of all time. And there are only two answers. Fulton Walker in the Super Bowl. Fulton Walker in the Super Bowl, the first kickoff of the game. He was the Miami Dolphins. I can't okay, tell you. Okay, I don't know that one. one. I know Devin Hester's is basically the same thing. Devin Hester did and the then, opening kickoff against the, the Colts. The Bears, yeah, okay. Or against the Colts. And then the, the only other one that I think is worth a <laughs> worth a damn no, is shut your Dan mouth. Connolly's Dan Connolly's <laughs> uh return for what yes, forty five well, yards. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for telling you, Hush. Anytime, anytime a fat guy is running with the ball in football, I'm all in. That's my I'm- favorite kickoff return of all time. But if you look at, okay, so. No, well, there's there's a lot of kickoffs. There's 100, those 108 yard returns. Those I love are them. almost uh, always field goal returns. Look at the stats there. The either. Music City Miracle. Okay. And I don't, I don't want to drop my mic because I don't want to break it. But. <laughs> okay. So. If you look at the majority of kickoffs, the large majority of kickoffs are the kickoff returns for a touchdown. I mean, are you make one cut, the lot, the blocks line up exactly how you need them to, and you just run straight for 80 yards. That's all you do. Right. Whereas the yeah. average punt, unless they got Pat McAfee back there and he will oh, level he'll, somebody he'll try to tear you up. Um, but the average punt return for a touchdown, on the other hand, is about making moves is about opening up holes is about deception um you can you can name any dante hole play of all time and it was an exciting interesting play punts are interesting kickoffs tend to be even the touchdowns tend to be relatively boring in my opinion um okay the other thing uh, i agree with you i agree with what i agree with you that bump returns are better than kickoff returns okay for sure but Best punt returner of all time, Eric Metcalf. Uh, Y'all remember him? Not really, no. Might have been a little before. He was a UT guy. His dad, Terry Metcalf, played in the NFL. Eric Metcalf was Mm. an amazing punt returner. He was shifty. I mean, all Mm. that stuff you said about punt returns, Eric Metcalf was such a guy you wanted. The best punt return I've seen in my life was Joe Adams at Arkansas. I'm also an Arkansas fan, so that it helps. But me and Dad Mm. were at the game against Tennessee where he made, I think, nine people miss – well, he made 11 tacklers miss, but it was nine people. He had enough time where guys got back up and missed him a second. But that's a, a couple that's times. that's punt but. returns, though, right? That's I think that's the thing <laughs> yeah, is punt returns are a the A punt best. return is more exciting than a kick return. Um, a touchdown, at least. A punt return touchdown is more exciting than a kick return touchdown. So if we're taking the kickoff, the kick return out, what are we doing? LJ? Well, no, no, no. I got to tell you, I got to give you all the reasons the kickoffs are bad. There are, there are so many reasons why they suck. Oh, we're just scratching the surface. We're scratching huh? the surface that they're generally boring. Okay. So. Okay. 
The to to compound on that, seventy six percent of kicks end up within five yards of the touchback. If you kick off four times, three of them end yeah. up within five yards of a touchback. Um, and that stat is just keeping up with. It's generally only affected by the fact that the touchback has been moved up five yards. It would probably be something like seventy percent of all right. kicks are touchbacks. Um, and that is because now they're drafting people to kick yeah. touchbacks. Um, and that's the least interesting play in all of football. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Um, and then extra. Well, yeah, because yes. they moved the extra point back. Yeah, so yeah. that's yeah. kind yeah. of exciting right. now. Um, yeah. And why? Why would they want more touchbacks? No answer. Okay, you got it. So I mean, yeah, obviously you got us. The answer is um, because they want less concussions, right? Because six percent of all kickoffs result because it's less guys. Six percent of all kickoffs result in a concussion. Four percent of all other plays combined result in a concussion. So you're fifty percent more likely on a concussion or on a kickoff to receive a concussion. And the reason is is because you line up and run sixty yards and then headbutt somebody. That is how a kickoff works. That is the way that you open up a hole for your running. I mean it's Got literally it. just telling big guys to run full Get speed. As fast with, as you possibly can and run with out. more than seven yards. Like yeah, you're telling like here's forty five yards now hit. Kevin. He's about uh, wait, to convince wait, me. I'm thinking wait, I'm, I'm liking what he's saying. <laughs> so um so if you if you do a touchback <laughs> though, right? That then you're less likely, I would imagine, to have concussions on that play right don't you wouldn't you think yeah you yeah think. except for the fact that the blockers don't know that there's a touchback until they hear the whistle and they usually hear the whistle after they've engaged their block so it doesn't save anybody but the ball carrier okay. on the contact on almost every kickoff well see let, let's let's get some debate here i think the concussions happen more so when the guy brings it out and you see those Run straight at each other. I don't. Those, do you have numbers no, on it? I don't have numbers on that particular. I don't think there's. Can, I I don't think on touchbacks you get a lot of concussions because you you see a lot of those guys just run out the back of the end zone because the the, the they, they just uh, get where you're going. Do, but, but I think no 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 the the, the point I'm trying to make is that I the know, people who don't point, know that there's a touchback but, happening <laughs> are still running twenty yards towards each other and hitting each other before they found out that the guy in the end zone knelt. There are some people that make it past the blockers and run towards the ball carrier. The ball carrier doesn't have an injury, but there's still a significant number of people on the field that are making that 20 yard uh, journey towards another person running 20 yards at full speed and headbutting each other. Uh, the touchback maybe saves on some concussions of the people that realize there's a touchback happening, but it doesn't save on nearly all the concussions. So, see, and I just don't think those guys aren't the ones getting it. Those guys that are still running into, into each other. Aren't the ones getting concussions? Those are the ones blocking each other. They the are ones the ones that no. are getting concussions. Are the ones at the back who notice it's the no. Touchback. The ones getting the concussions are on the blocking end and on the getting blocked in. They're not the ball carriers. The ball carriers tend to be okay because you're making moves and well, no, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that back line. Yeah, it's the back end blockers. The back end well, blockers. Sure, the, sure. The wedge, but, if you will. But they're not. I mean, how how long does it take to get an NFL athlete to get up to full speed? How many yards? Yeah, uh, seven. Probably. About right. Okay, so so then the guys running from the back end are just as close to full speed as the guys running from because because they're ten yards apart the yeah. first few people, right? So if they're running straight at each other and they've got fourteen yards to go, then you okay. say both yeah, people are full well, speed, right? You got, I mean, so I, I don't think it's as bad as you're saying. I'm with those Kevin, guys but on uh, the second line are running back point. towards the ball, and then they run backwards until they start running forwards. Okay, okay. I, I yeah, but they got to set that block up before the guy knows. Some of those guys, yeah, okay. I get you. I'm with so, you. I'm with you. Let's concede the point. Okay. The most boring play in football, in my opinion, doesn't 
help with, uh, you know, trying to get more of the most boring playing football doesn't help with the issue that it's trying to help with. Um, the other thing is this is a weird statistical thing that I did not expect. A team that makes it to the 40 every single time on a kick return only scores about um, 0.016% more per year. Wait, say that one more time, please. If you if you ran if you got the ball to the 40-yard line on every single kickoff return, you were only um let's see, you were only a third you have a 30% chance of scoring a touchdown. Okay. If you get it on the 20-yard line, you have a 22% chance of scoring a touchdown. So I looked at like what does that how does that affect the average team? I think that's something like 20 points per year. It's 0.016 more points per year for that team. So if you got it to the 40 every single time, which only happens 2.6% of the time. So if you do something every single time that only other teams get to do three times out of a hundred, then that only affects your score by 0.016%. So even a really good kickoff return doesn't help you on your chance of scoring uh, on your offensive touchdown. Okay. Okay. So, so even a good return is not all that great. Um, so I think the only other thing to touch on as far as what is good about a kickoff is onside kicks, right? Okay. They give, uh, dang it. You got my biggest argument. <laughs> they give, they give teams a chance to win when they are trying to make a big comeback, right? They're, they're exciting. They're interesting. Um, I would argue that, uh, they are, the only play in the entire sport that makes everybody doing it look like a shitty athlete. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so right. It's not a fun play to watch. And it's completely based on like, you have a one in 20 chance of recovering an onside kick in the fourth quarter. Um, it's essentially okay. A 5% but chance. yeah, 5% chance. Correct. Every, every time that being said, like I know the odds are they're probably not going to get it, but that being said, doesn't matter if it's a team I even care about. If there's an onside kick being done, I'm going to stop and I'm watching that play. Okay. Every time. Well, what if there was a way to, uh, <laughs> what if I told, what if I told you, what if I told you that there was a way to have that same sort of excitement and that same sort of air of anything could happen, but it's not luck based. It's skill based. Would that be something you'd be interested in buying into? I'm listening. Okay. So listening. this is a, this is a solution to the kickoff problem as I've outlined, uh, from Greg Schiano, who, you know, what think what you will about Greg Schiano. Um, <laughs> so, but, so I mean, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold the hold the yeah. phone. So the guy that on kneels will take out the blockers, like when the quarterback's kneeling because the game's over, yeah. he'll instruct his defensive lineman to take out the <laughs> yeah. knees of the offensive linemen. Has a solution to making football a safer place. Safer and more interesting in my opinion. Um yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he's really turned, he's really turned the corner. So, so this started (laughs) when, uh, he watched a player of his named Eric Legrand get paralyzed on a kickoff. Yep. I remember that. And so he decided this is not, this is not an acceptable, uh, this happens too often. This is not good enough. Greg Shiano's solution to this problem is that if you are the kicking team, instead of kicking, you receive the ball on fourth and 15 at your own 35-yard line. I just scored a touchdown, and now I've got the ball fourth and 15 at my right. own 35. Right, and so in any situation besides the craziest, you're going to punt the ball, right? Right. Where you have less injuries and more exciting plays. Okay. okay. Bring it. Right. And then and then if it's, say, uh, you know, fourth quarter, you're down by a touchdown, uh, going forward on fourth and 15 yields 
about a one in five success rate. So you have more of the uh, team having a chance at a comeback actually happening. And you also get to say, like, let's imagine the Steelers Jaguars game this last playoffs, right? So they kick an onside kick. It was an awful looking play. It failed. It was, <laughs> it was the worst onside kick in history. But instead, let's give <laughs> Big Ben, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon Bell a chance at the ball, fourth and 15 at their own 35 with about, let's see, I wrote down that it would have been with two minutes and 19 seconds left and they would have been down by seven points. If they get that fourth down conversion, then they have two minutes and no timeouts um, to try to to try to tie up the game. Is that not a much more interesting situation Ooh, than what well, actually Well, they could kick it and stop the other team, you know, in three plays and make they them could. punt That's back. That's an option, so, too. Yeah, if you're not that- comfortable with your fourth and 15 offense, but you're comfortable I, with your defense. That that bears some thought. I, I'll, I've not heard that before. From a fan perspective, hell yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> okay. Give Big Ben a chance and let's see. But no – from a from a perspective of the game, that changes the whole thing. Like I'd much if you're if you're telling me like if I'm Mike Tomlin, you're telling me you can either have fourth and fifteen at your thirty five, or you can try to kick an onside kick. I mean, yeah, hell yeah, I'd rather have the ball. Well, sure, but I think that puts way you're giving way too good of a chance to the team that's losing now. I don't. Know, you're just, it's I guess it's, I think it's, it's just a I think the thing change, is you're giving but, a chance to a team instead of saying. Let's roll some dice and see what happens, which is essentially what an onside kick is, is let's see if you kick the ball in just the right way that the point bounces it straight up instead of forward, then you get the ball back. So if you get that random happenstance of physics to happen, sure, great, that's awesome. But otherwise, you lose, period. How about we put it in the hands of the players that got you into this position to have a comeback and put it on the hands of the defense to say, no, not today. That's my key, the defense. If if I think I should be able to stop somebody on fourth and 15, you've got one play to make 15 yards and I'm the defense guy, I think I can hold you to to less than 15 yards. And yeah. that's my ball. I win yeah. the game. And about the same point as an onside kick would it be. So you're like almost in field goal range. Um, mm. That's intriguing. I want to think about it a little more. Um, Kev, you're, so still, are you're a skeptic. Saying- I see a skeptic. Well, uh- <laughs> I just think I think I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just being stubborn, but you're you're giving. No. <laughs> I'm definitely I am just being stubborn. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're giving the offense such or the team that's down such a better chance. That, no, you're not. Uh, first no, of all, I don't God, think you no. are. The defense still has an eighty percent chance of stopping them. They have a better chance. They it's just this is better than all. Oh, like if, if if you take all of the odds, yes, but if I if. If I'm the defense and I got to give Tom Brady a fourth and 15, I'm shitting my britches right <laughs> yeah. now. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's football, though, right? I mean, you want. You'd rather take Goskowski doing an onside kick than no, Tom Brady. No, football is an onside kick. No, like, I think football <laughs> is about having the better team win, and the better team doesn't depend on a dice roll that has a 5% chance of coming up in their favor to win games. What are what are we doing mid second quarter for a kickoff instead so, of the kickoff? What do we do? We just take the ball off um, twenty five like a touchback. The there there's not any information on this. I think that's where the biggest black hole of this is. How do you start a game and how do you start a half? Um, and I think yeah. the answer is you give it's fourth and fifteen on your thirty five. I think it's the same. You still have that chance to well like. I would guess it would start like whoever picks receive gets the ball at the 20 yard, yard line. line. I mean, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. That's one way to handle it. I, I think my way of handling it would be you pick, do you want to have the ball fourth and 15 or do you want to be on defense fourth and 15? There, 
there is there's definitely some there's, there's some legs to, to this. the argument. There's yeah. I think the main reason I'm saying no is because I'm I'm just being like, no, that's not football, you know. <laughs> like, well, the the my biggest the what I would love the most about this is we get the most irrelevant thing in football where the guy they kick an extra point, we go to commercial, we come back, we kick a kickoff as a touchback, we go back to commercial, then yeah. we come back to football. Like, at least we cut out right. That's stupid. Those boring plays in football happen, and then we watch five minutes of ads before we get to back to more football. But me being a total football junkie, I'm going to sit there just in case he returns that kickoff back, which he probably won't. The odds are he's not. But I but if watch. you could eliminate a play that is the most boring play in football, that also has a fifty percent better it's, chance. It's the second of most boring play. A touchback is second to what? A kneel. Oh well. <laughs> It depends on where you sit. It depends on which team you're rooting for. A meal can be pretty fun to watch. But, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you. You make a good point. Um, if you're someone who took the uh, the Vikings minus six and they're yeah. in a two point <laughs> conversion, and they're <laughs> yeah, that's not a boring play at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, if okay. you could take a play that doesn't seem to matter in the in the whole scope of things, where you return it, unless you get a touchdown. And if you take a play that is 50% more likely to cause a concussion and you take a play that is 98% of the time boring and you can eliminate it and have something that is uh, just as exciting in those situations where uh, where you need to come back and uh, overcome a deficit. I don't understand why you would like what at what point is that not a good deal? All right. Yeah. I I do think. Your argument had more legs to it than I thought it would. I thought I was gonna have like all kinds. Of, I was gonna be like, "LJ, you're stupid," you know. And and I, there's parts of it I think would be it'd be so enjoyable. What I'd way much rather see Big Ben with the ball fourth and fifteen than the Steelers do the shittiest onside kick in the history of football. I want to think and about I it. I mean, I want to think about it. That's. I mean, you just popped this on us. We've just never heard of this sure. before. I want sure. to think also, about think it. About it. But I like your idea better than I thought I would. I've got to say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say if we're trying to make football safe, the onside kick has got to be terrible too because literally the guys on the front line, the They're guys, just they say your job is to just demolish the front line. Hit them. No, you're mm-hmm. not even looking at the ball. You're just hitting them as mm-hmm. hard as you Head can. Down. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't help CTEs. Right. And all the concussion stuff. Huh. L- LJ's just trying to make football great again. That's all, <laughs> that's all he's doing. So here's my question for today. You meet a wizard in downtown Chicago. The wizard tells you he can make you more attractive if you pay him money. When you ask how this process works, the wizard points to a random person on the street. You look at this random stranger. The wizard says, I will now make him $1 more attractive. He waves his magic wand. Ostensibly, this person does not change at all. As far as you can tell, nothing is different. But somehow, this person is suddenly a little more appealing. The tangible difference is invisible to the naked eye, but you can't deny that this person is vaguely sexier. This wizard has a weird rule, though. You can only pay him once. You can't keep giving him money until you're satisfied. You can only pay him one lump sum up front. How much cash do you give the wizard? Hmm. So, so you're 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 kind of playing with fire here. Like you, you can go a lot and make yourself super attractive, but if you feel pretty good about yourself, you could just go. Oh, I'll pay him. Pay him well, a little bit. I guess. Less. 
So you, he's a cash only. You can't can <laughs> run to an ATM. I, well, I get the idea. You can pay him any amount of money you can afford. Okay, okay so that I, doesn't, think I guess that doesn't give me any more money than zero. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, I think being reasonable. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, some, sure. you know, don't get. Well, so crazy. I'm trying to think. I think I've got fifty dollars on me right now. And so, what <laughs> percentage of that fifty dollars would I be willing to give up to be? Vaguely more attractive. I mean, a dollar, one dollar made this guy vaguely sexier. So, you know, 50 times that, 25 times that. I mean, yeah. But also, like, it's nice having some money on me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but if, that, you're va- if you're quite a bit sexier, you're probably going to make more money. I don't know. But like $50 sexier LJ in. in <laughs> theater, I think you like, need to go to the bank, LJ, personally. I, but I think we might be like still trying to find our way up to average from that point. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know you know, I don't want to get us. I don't want to get us down a huge rabbit hole here, but interesting. So it doesn't actually make you any better. Like the naked eye, you look the same. But well, you're more no, attractive to he, he only made this person one dollar more attractive. So to the naked eye, right. you couldn't see anything. I think if you give him 50 or 100, you give him 300 dollars and like all of a sudden, like you do look different. You look more attractive. So like what does Channing Tatum? How much money are we talking <laughs> here? Uh, I mean, I think that's the thing is you can't know, right? Is that like a thousand? <laughs> you can't know. You're just trying to guess and you're saying, OK, so um, one dollar times what? Like one over vaguely attractive equals what over Channing Tatum, right? That's kind of the game. Here. I'd like to go to the wizard and say, I'd like to go to the wizard and go, I will take a Justin Timberlake. And can we check out now? <laughs> I think. Well, but you don't know how much that costs. Yeah. So that's what I think. That's so, what they'll so really, say. That's if you what look at it mathematically, tough. then you have to take Justin Timberlake divided by vaguely attractive. And then that's how much money you have to give him. So however you can enumerate those two things, that's how you that's how you cross multiply and divide that ratio. I don't think Justin Timberlake is the most attractive man. Well, around. no, that's what Kevin just threw out there, right? Okay, I'm but sorry, I, I missed it. You wouldn't you wouldn't take you wouldn't be happy to to look like Justin Timberlake though. He's only a touch more attractive than me, so that's what I'm saying. That's just a, I mean that's like a buck fifty for me. I mean, a buck fifty. I mean, damn. Like I want the Justin Timberlake special. You got change for a two dollar bill. <laughs> Well, you've been sipping on that confidence juice tonight. All right. <laughs> um, I mean, I think okay. So if I got if I got fifty on me, I think I would drop forty just to just to see. It's I can make forty dollars back. That's not that big of a deal. I can still go get lunch later. I think that's what I'm doing. I don't think I'm going to the ATM though. Like I don't think it's worth a trip to the bank to try to you know pull out. Like if I could pull out like three hundred dollars, I'd still. Whatever's on me is how I deal with it. Hey, Kev, we ought to ask Hannah. Hannah yeah. might have a how much answer. would you spend if you could make LJ more attractive? <laughs> yeah. she wrote, how much yeah. we got in the bank, LJ? What was my last paycheck? <laughs> how much How much we got left on the credit card? <laughs> yeah, we should ask our significant others on this. <laughs> well, and considering that I don't have a significant other right now, <laughs> you I'm might need to pay a up a little bit extra. Yeah, I'm... I was going to throw out, I think I am going to the ATM. I'm not like pulling out. I'm not like going, we need to transfer funds from the savings over to the checkings here. But I think, I think I'm dropping at least a hundred. I might, I might reach around three to 500. Okay. All right. I'm five, 500 large. I'm giving him $500 huh. for sure. 500 was thousand. my max. 500. Maybe a thousand. See, 500 <laughs> was my max. It's because I think me and me and dad live on a little bit different of a budget. <laughs> 
But <laughs> I think 500 was my max. I was thinking 300 is probably where I'm okay. sitting. Well, if I could be 500 times better than vaguely sexier, I mean, probably I'd have to beat them off with a stick. So that'd <laughs> be probably okay. be enough. Any, any more than yeah. that, it would be really, it'd be a hassle. It'd be a pain, to right? It would be yeah. just too much. It'd be, so that's, that's what I'm saying. $50 would I mean, be too much. Like, let's stick with the 40 <laughs> <laughs> It's already a hassle for LJ as it is. Yeah. So, Okay. So LJ, let's summarize. LJ's giving 40 bucks. <laughs> Kevin's 300 I'm giving. Oh, I thought you were dropping a G on him. <laughs> no, I would drop a G. I would drop a G, maybe, but I'll stick. I'm with also saying that the forty dollars only is because I have fifty on me. Usually, I have zero on me. I'm not going <laughs> to the bank. I'm just letting him be. <laughs> See, LJ, LJ is going to go like check his cushions for a couple of quarters and yeah, give it to the they're lizard. not there. They're not there. That's fine. <laughs> I'll give you forty dollars and thirty-seven cents. <laughs> I got to hit McDonald's up after this, <laughs> which probably totally cancels out that forty dollars. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> And that's going to wrap up this week's Just Press Play podcast. We encourage you, as always, to go find us on Twitter at JPP Podcast, as well as on Facebook at Just Press Play Pod. Go like us, follow us, and let us know if LJ's kickoff rule is absolute nonsense and that there's no way we should abolish the kickoff. Or if you like what LJ presents to it, let us know if you think... I was right on the most clutch three-point shooter or best shooter of all time. Or if Dad was right on the most clutch shooter of all time. And anything we missed, uh, leave a review on iTunes on the Apple Podcast app. If it's a good review, we will read it on the air and respond to whatever it is you have to say. We want to talk to you. We want to interact with our followers and our listeners. And no matter what you do, just press play. For LJ Luthringer, Lifford Luthringer, and myself, Kevin Luthringer, peace out.